0: Uh, this morning, I um, got a call and pastor wasn't well, so he asked me to preach. What he was going to share this morning was out of Romans chapter 8 <clears throat> and verse 1, and it says there, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And you know, it is so easy for condemnation to get a hold of us. Condemnation is that, that insidious thing that makes you feel pressed down. It makes you feel like you're under a weight, like you're not worthy, you're not good enough. It's that thing that says nothing's going right and the situation isn't gonna change. It's that feeling where you feel boxed in, where you feel that there is no hope. But the scripture says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus which means that there is condemnation for those who aren't in Christ Jesus. And I know enough about walking with God to know that there can be times when I walk with no condemnation, but I know well enough that the enemy doesn't give up just because we're walking that way and he will always seek to visit a lie on you and I that brings condemnation. The truth is when we're in Christ, there is no condemnation. So the thing is that we need to ensure that we're walking in Christ. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth. And it's when we imbibe the truth and allow the truth of a situation to impact us and, and be the way that we walk, walking in the truth, that condemnation can't touch us. And just as we were... Um, we were singing, we were singing about the resurrection power of Christ being alive in me. We were talking about uh, lighting up the kingdom that can't be shaken. We were t- singing about breaking every chain. It's something that we need to do all the time. I'm sorry, folks, but the news is that you and I live in a battle zone. We are in a battle zone, and our enemy never fights clean. He is insidious, he is a liar, and he will always seek to bring condemnation on you and I. What God does is he brings a conviction. And a conviction is very different to a condemnation because a condemnation is one of those things that just makes you feel generally like it's useless, it's hopeless, there's no way out. That's a lie. That is a lie from hell. And often when condemnation comes down on us like a cloud, you can't quite pinpoint what it is. Oh, it's just that I'm not good enough. It's just that all of this rubbish. When God comes, He will bring a conviction and you will know exactly the thing that He's putting His finger on in your life. And the fact of the matter is that God often comes by His Holy Spirit and brings conviction into our lives. It's good for us. It's not to make us feel bad. It's so we can identify something and walk in the truth of His Word and be free. So I just really want to encourage folks this morning that may feel that their situation is a situation where there is no hope. Maybe you're walking in a situation and it just seems like it goes on and on and on and there's no shifts. I want to tell you that the truth is that you are in a battle. And until we take the authority of Jesus in our battle zone, it's not going to get any better. Now, I don't want to be crass, and I absolutely believe in the miraculous. But you see, God wants us to grow to be mature sons He wants us to grow to a place where we are overcomers. You know, if you are a parent and you do everything for your kid, your kid is never going to grow up to be mature and strong and all of those things. So there are areas where God wants to grow us to a place where we are looking at the situations and we're saying, I recognize what's going here. I understand that this battle is not a flesh and blood battle, but it's a battle that I'm called to win. So I just really want to encourage you. One of the things that uh, the intercessors had been on to, <laughs> as intercessors often are, was a Jezebel spirit. And a Jezebel spirit is a spirit that comes to manipulate and control. And that, that, that spirit will seek time and time again, to come into our situations and delineate who we are and the possibilities for our life. All that to say that I'm encouraging you that there is no condemnation, that we do walk in the truth, and as we walk in that truth, we stand up and we learn to engage and overcome what the enemy is bringing against us. So the thing that was on my heart, well... I wasn't expecting to preach this morning, and that's all good. So what do you do when your pastor rings up and says, could you preach this morning? Well, the fact of the matter is that God speaks to us all the time. So what you're gonna get is what God's been speaking to me. Few weeks ago, um, I was struck by uh, a part of Matthew chapter 18, right at the beginning of that chapter. So you'll notice that we've got all the scriptures up here. I'm not only useless at IT, but when it's short notice, you just can't do it. eh? So if you've got a Bible, if you've got your phone out, that's okay. I will will trust you that you're not on uh, Facebook. So we're in Matthew chapter 18. And it says there, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus had an interesting answer. You know, I if I was writing it I would have said Jesus said, "Well, it's me." But he didn't say that. This is what he said. He called a little child and had him stand among them and he said, "I tell you the truth, unless you change, unless you change, unless you change." Jesus said Unless you change, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Woo. Now, in your Bible, it may say repent, and that is exactly what repent means. Repent means change. But let's not get this super spiritual idea that repent is all about My sins. It is about us turning away from our sins, but oftentimes we can get things in a spiritual context and miss what Jesus is saying. So, absolutely, we need to repent from our sins, but let's understand a little bit about what Jesus is meaning. So, he said, I tell you the truth unless you change and become like a little child or like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Now, there's several things that we need to understand here. The first thing is that when we are born again, when we understand that Jesus is the Son of God, and we believe that, and we confess with our mouths that He is Lord, then we are born again. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 3, it says that no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now, the kingdom of God is the most magnificent, amazing kingdom you you could ever encounter. The kingdom of God is everything you ever dream of as being good. The kingdom of God is about brilliant relationships, life-giving, positive relationships. The kingdom of God is about there being um, a, a prosperity, and i 'm not just talking about money, I 'm talking about a richness of heart. The kingdom of God is about there being order, perfect order. The kingdom of God is about peace. The ping, kingdom of the kingdom of God. <laughs> Gee. The kingdom of God is about heaven coming to earth. The perfection of heaven. Don't get the idea that heaven is some boring, harp-playing place. The kingdom of heaven, and understand that when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is exactly the same. It's, those two terms are interchangeable. Is a place of amazing creativity. I remember um, years ago, some of you will remember a, a guy can't remember his name, a Negro guy who came to Kaitaia, and uh, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, and he got gallstones. Poor man, I hear it's not good. And what they did was they decided that these gallstones needed to be lasered. So the idea was that you shatter the gallstones and then the body can get rid of them, all fixed. What they didn't understand with this guy, can't remember his name, but never mind, who? Dean Braxton, That's the one. He, he, um, they didn't understand that the, his gallstones were infected. So they lasered them, they shattered them, which meant that there was all these little particles, infected particles, and his body went straight away into... Just all, all, all his bodily functions just closed down. The guy died. And he was dead. He showed us his medical... Records, He was dead for an hour and 45 minutes. You know, that, that's not good. It has some ramifications. His wife, his wife wasn't taking this sitting down or standing up. She was just storming heaven. And what happened was Dean Braxton came back to life. But in the time that he was deceased, from our perspective, he had an experience in heaven. And he started talking about what heaven was like. And he said his very first impression of heaven was that there was nothing wrong. Can you imagine living in an environment, in a place where there's nothing wrong? That'd be a shock, wouldn't it? Nothing wrong. He talked about the colours in heaven. He said, what we see on earth is nothing compared to the colours in heaven. He also shared some interesting things. He said, when he got to heaven, he saw a whole lot of his family, and they came to meet him. And he knew that to get to heaven, you had to be born again. And he said he saw this auntie, and he thought, no, no, she shouldn't be here. That auntie was a mean auntie. I heard the stories about her, but he said, you'd be surprised who there is in heaven. He said there were relatives that he knew that were missing, but he said he was surprised by who was there. Anyway, let's just keep going here. So when we're born again, we can see the kingdom. We can start to see this kingdom of love We can start to see this kingdom of truth, this kingdom of joy, this kingdom of creativity, and we could go on. It's just a kingdom of light, a kingdom of hope. But you know how frustrating it is to be able to see something like that and not be part of it? How frustrating. It would be like flying to a country you've never been before and you land there and they won't let you in. It'll be like standing outside Disneyland, seeing all the rides and all the possibilities, going, whoa, but not being able to get in. But the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 5, it says, when you're born again, you can enter the kingdom of God. So understand that there's two things here. It seems to me that what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus in John chapter three is there's one set of people that will be able to see the kingdom of God. Woohoo! look at that. There's another group of people who are going to enter the kingdom of God. Folks, we don't just need to enter the kingdom of God. What a tragedy to see the potential, to see the, the amazing kingdom of God and not Enter into it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, I tell you the truth, unless you change, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Being born again is all about change. It's about leaving an old life and grasping hold of a new life. It's about old habits falling away and new habits being formed. He said, and any progress, it's pretty simple, isn't it? If everything stays the same, guess what? It stays the same. For there to be something different, there is necessarily a change that's needed. I just want to say for us as a body of people, I think that just about everybody here knows that there are magnificent possibilities in our region. That God wants to see the brokenness shifted and challenged. That he wants to see abuse put to an end. That he wants to see the myriad of mental health issues that exist dealt with. Well, I I respect the, the, the medical profession but it would seem to me that they only have very few answers and it would seem to me that there are quite a few instances when their answers don't work. How would it be to see in our region the kingdom of God manifest and see those issues and those challenges and those things that bring brokenness and despair disappear? You see, Jesus, he said this, he said, when you pray... Pray like this, Father, first thing that's necessary is relationship. And the way that we have relationship with our Father is to become born again, born into his family. He said, so when you pray, pray, Father, holy is your name. (laughs) Wow, I tell you what, holy is different to where we live. We live in a broken and defiled world, but we've got a holy perfect, amazing Father. Our Father, my Father, in heaven, you are holy and magnificent. You are an overcoming God who loves me. And then what did he say? Pray that that kingdom that he is the king of would be manifest here, your kingdom come the heart of God is that kingdom come now I'm not sitting here and saying that the kingdom isn't here but it's not here in the fullest way that it could be your kingdom come and your will be done I'll tell you what God's plan for our region my friends is magnificent we might be the tail of the fish, but I want to tell you that God's plan is that this region waggles some things Amen. that sets some direction. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I tell you the truth, unless you change, change can be painful, folks. We so like things being the same. And then they say, change. You know, I had a a friend in this town. He came to be a minister here. And uh, he um, decided that what he would do, he would shift the piano. And so what he did was the piano used to sit right over one side of the at the front of the church so what he did was he would move it about a meter little change you see and he'd come back on sunday and guess where the piano was back sitting in the same marks that it had made in the carpet so he would shift it 2 meters and he would come back and the piano would be back where it was before. He actually even got it to the other side of the pulpit, and guess what? It went back where it was. Folks, unless there's change, it's going to stay the same. And he knew that little shifts <laughs> can, can bear big results. So I'm encouraging you, as change comes, understand that it's not just to make us feel uncomfortable. It's because change has to happen. I'll tell you what, I like your faces. I don't really mind whether you like mine or not. It's the only one I've got, so. But I don't want to be looking at just your faces this time next year. I don't mind if your faces are here. I don't want to be looking at empty seats. For there to be a shift and a change there's got to be a shift and a change. We have to be relevant. We have to be authentic. We have to change. And I'm not saying that we're not authentic or, or relevant. Jesus said, unless you become like little children. Little children love change. They like making a tidy space into a messy space. Just maybe with some of the changes that God wants to bring, some of our tidiness around church, is going to be changed to what we could easily see as a little bit messy. Little children love new challenges. They freak you out, don't they? Get down out of that tree now. (laughs) But my friends, we've got to become like little children trying some new things doing some new things, doing some things that we never thought that we would do. It always amazes me how little kids always will give something a go. Maybe God's going to be speaking to our hearts about giving some new things a go. And that's a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge. I mean, I was just thinking on SpeedThink this morning because Pastor didn't give me a lot of time, what changes could there be? What would it be if somebody said, man, you know what I reckon? I reckon we should be running a soup kitchen. And what we're going to do is we're going to provide dinner for people. Well... If somebody else does it, that's all right. But six o'clock, I like watching the news. I like having dinner with my wife and family. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have a soup kitchen, but what if there's some changes? What if my comfort is going to be disturbed? Because I'll tell you what, I firmly believe that where God is wanting to take us, our comfort is going to be Disturbed. But my friends, when there is change, when there is change, and the reward of that change is seen, it's glorious. Anyway, oh yes, kids, they change physically. You're always buying new clothes for kids. You've just spent 50 bucks on shoes and blow me down there going, it's too small, it's too small. I love the way that little kids are excited by change and I trust for myself and for you that as change comes, that we can be excited about it. Whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus links the ability to repent, to change with humility. And for God to do what he wants to do in our region... It's going to require change. So Jesus said, unless you change and become like this little child, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God? Does anybody know? It's right here. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. Now, what that means is for me to walk in more and more of the kingdom of God or for you to walk more and more in the kingdom of God, there has to be change. Ah, oh, on the inside, really, me? I don't mind if Alan has to change. Oh, I mean, great. I, I mean, I would just go glory, hallelujah if it's Paul and Robin that have to change. But me, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm all right, Jack. Jack. But if I don't change, if I don't change, I'm not going to enter the kingdom of God. I'm going to be an observer on the outside. Right, so the kingdom of God, what is it? The Bible describes in many, many places what the kingdom of God is. One place that says this, the kingdom of God is righteousness. (laughs) That's everything is good. Righteousness. Can you imagine being part of a kingdom where everything is right? It's righteousness, it's peace. I love it when there's peace, don't you? When there's confusion and contention, oh boy, not so nice. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that is ever-increasing. The kingdom of God is an ever-increasing kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. For there to be a kingdom, you know, the, it's pretty simple, eh? You need a king. The word kingdom comes from two words. the king's. It's the king's domain. A domain is something that belongs to somebody. So if you uh, have a piece of land that's yours, that's your domain, you, you have the rule over that. You can plant the garden where you want to plant the garden. You can put the house where you want to put the house within some council parameters. But you have a domain, and the person that has a domain was called a lord, the lord over a domain. So for a king to be a king, he had to also be a lord. That's why Jesus is called the king of kings, And the Lord of lords. So he rules over the domain that he has. Guess what? You and I, you and I can be part of his domain. On last Sunday, John was talking about the lordship of Jesus. When we give Jesus room in our lives, he becomes lord. When he's lord, he can then rule over that area of our life. You know, I I love that, that truth that Jesus is the king of kings. Do you know which kings he's king over? It's not the king of England or, or maybe. It's over us because he desires for you and I to be taking dominion. And if we take dominion, we're lords, but he wants us to rule over the dominion that he gives us. So he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. So we need to give Jesus the rights over our lives. Then he is the lord. The, it's only the areas that we give him the rule over, and uh, I'm not getting into into lordship right now. If you got your phone, <laughs> could you ring Isaiah chapter nine? <laughs> In an Isaiah chapter nine, um, Isaiah is talking, and he he's. Um, He's talking about kingdom. And you know, it's that, that scripture, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders. The rulership will be on his shoulders. He's talking kingdom. And he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Listen, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The kingdom that Jesus leads is a kingdom <laughs> that is increasing. It's a kingdom that will have no end. You know, I think that one of the problems that we have is that we can, we can have this, this notion that it's all getting worse. And when you look around, the truth is that the darkness seems to get darker, right? Right? And the light doesn't seem to be maybe shining the way it is, but I want to tell you the truth of God's Word says that His government, His kingdom is going to increase. The kingdom of God is not on the back foot being put in a corner. But the key to you and I being part of that increase is that we are willing to Change. I wrote some notes down here, but I'm all over the wears, so what your job is to do is to pick the good bits and leave the other bits all right. In Isaiah chapter 2, and this is a scripture that I've been dwelling on for a little while, in verse 2 it says this In the last days, now most people would say that's us. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple. Talking about the church, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Now, I absolutely believe that in the far north, (laughs) in the earth, that that is going to happen, that the mountain. Of the Lord's temple, the church will be the chief among the mountains. It doesn't say it's the only mountain. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Wow. We can look around and we think the darkness is on the march. Truth is whatever you say it is, whatever you want it to be, Moral boundaries are being demolished. There's lots and lots of confusion. What do you believe? Fake news, this, that, who knows? There are atrocities that are occurring, there are abuses. And so, what happens is we look at those things, and the sad thing is that very often there are two responses that we can have to that. One is that we go, oh gosh, this is really bad. And so, what we do is rather than stand for what God wants us to stand for, we just blend in. We take on a little bit of political correctness. We don't speak out when we should speak out. And let me say that the loudest speaking I believe is the actions of our hands. We don't love as we should love. We just blend in. If we don't blend in, what is easy to happen in church is that we just withdraw. We don't engage. And um, that doesn't really fit with what the Bible says about us being part of an ever-increasing kingdom, does it? Blending in doesn't work. And withdrawing doesn't work. I mean, it's really confusing, this world we live in. Um, we We were in church in Perth and this guy, James MacPherson, was preaching, and uh, he put this this video up. And there's a guy; he would have been younger than me, so he probably would have been twenty-one. <laughs> and uh, no, he would have been about forty. He had the same haircut I did. He had a chrome dome, and uh, so he's he's on this university campus, and he's interviewing. Graduate students. So he goes up to a group of these students and he goes, "Man, what what do you think of you know things today?" They go, "Oh, you know." He said, "Do you think things are progressing?" Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, things are progressing. He goes, "Um, "You know, what do you think about this whole thing about um, boys being able to use the girls' toilets?" And they go, wow, it's all right, I suppose. I mean, if a boy thinks he's a girl, then he's a girl, isn't he? He goes, huh? He says, look, I haven't told anybody this, but um, actually, I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm a woman. What do you think of that? And they say, well, hmm, I suppose if you, if you feel that you're a woman, you're a woman. <laughs> he goes, huh? Oh. I said, I haven't told anybody this, but actually, I'm a 16-year-old woman. What do you think of that? And they go, okay, well, if you feel that you're a 16-year-old woman, then I suppose you're a 16-year-old woman, graduate students, very clever people. And then he goes, look, um, I haven't told many people this. In fact, you're the first ones, but... I'm a 16-year-old African, black African woman, and they blink. <laughs> and he said, "What do you think of that?" And they go, "Well, um, okay. Well, if you if you think that you're a 16-year-old black African woman, then." yep, I guess you're a 16-year-old black African woman. And he goes, look, I haven't told many people this, but I'm a seven-foot-two black African 16-year-old woman. What do you think of that? And they look at this five-foot-six balding middle-aged male, and they say, well if you think that you are a 16 year old black african 6 foot 7 foot 2 woman then that must be what you are and he turns around and goes you got to be kidding you got to be kidding you really got to be kidding i'm 5 foot 6 And you just said that if I thought I was seven foot two, I'm seven foot two. I am 45 years old and you said that I could be 16 if I thought I was 16. The world is mad. The world is confused. The world is waiting for there to be a strong evidencing of the kingdom of truth and the kingdom of God. We look around and We see darkness on the march. I want to tell you, the kingdom of darkness is confused about itself. Okay, on your phone again. Shall we go to, um, where shall we go? We've been there. Let's go to Psalm chapter two. This is an amazing Psalm. It says, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they take their stand. The rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one, speaking of Jesus. Now, we were singing before about breaking chains. Listen to what they say. So this is the the kingdom of darkness manifesting. It says, let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. This is what happens in heaven. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. God looks down and goes, <laughs> ah, seven foot two, sixteen years old, Black woman. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We should be laughing too. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. the Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them with his wrath, saying, "I have installed my king on Zion." my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, this is the Father speaking to the Son. You are my Son, and today I have become your Father. Father speaking to the Son. God speaking to Jesus, and He says, ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession." Do you believe that when the Father said that to the Son that He was incapable of making the nations Jesus' possession? Of course not. The Father said to the Son, do you want the nations? I tell you what, I know what the response of the Son was. And I want to tell you that that's the truth that we live in, that God is going to see the nations His possession. Don't think that we are closeted. Don't think that we're in in an impossible street. Don't think that the darkness is getting darker and is overcoming us. That is a lie. The light will break forth. The glory of God will come. The far north will be substantially impacted by the kingdom of God. What other people said will be called a lie. Cannabis County, they used to say. I want to tell you the truth. will see that identified as an untruth. We came home because my wife was getting stirred up at seeing what was happening here. Homicide capital of New Zealand, rubbish. That might be the report that there is now, but I want to tell you that there's going to be a different report because we are going to see the kingdom of God established. We're going to see the kingdom of God manifest and things are going to shift and things are going to change. And do you know how that happens? By you and I embracing changes that God wants to bring. It's going to happen by you and I seeking hard after the kingdom of God. It's going to come because we are prepared to shift and change. Sometimes those changes really are awkward. Sometimes those changes will require us to have a little bit of elastic and stretch. A kingdom that never ends. That psalm goes on and says, um, you, this is, the Father, speaking to Jesus. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoicing. Listen to this. He says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Kiss the son. He's just been talking about nations being changed. And then he says, kiss the son. Do you know what that is? It's saying, folks, the key to all of this is intimacy with Jesus. The key to all of this is being intimate with him. That's what a kiss is. It's something intimate. And as we're intimate with him, there's going to be a pleasure flows from heaven that will cause change in our lives, that will cause change in the congregation, that will cause there to be some, <laughs> how would you say it, tears in the, in the heavens that see the kingdom of God visited. Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14 says this, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Lord the Lord as the waters covered the sea. I look at that and go, wow, that's, that's huge. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Lord. This isn't talking about after the the judgment. This is not talking about God coming in and purging everything and then being established. This is talking about the here and now. This is talking about there being a rising up and a glory that fills our region and our nation and the earth. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15 says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever. In the very beginning, that's what it was all about. God put Adam and Eve in Eden and they had a magnificent life. They, they had heaven on Earth. That's what Eden was. But outside of Eden was a different story. If you read um, scriptures like, like um, Isaiah chapter 14, you'll find that when the rebellion in heaven happened, when Satan rebelled, the Father sent God, sent him to Earth. What was outside of Eden was a mess. The second verse of the Bible says that over that mess, the Holy Spirit was brooding over everything that was dark, no light, over everything that was unformed, no creativity, and everything that was brooding over the dark, unformed, the void, where there was nothing. That's where the Holy Spirit was. Why? Because God's intention was that where the enemy reigned, man would take dominion and bring the rule of heaven. Folks, it hasn't changed today. The heart of God is, and the Holy Spirit is busy in our region, whether we see it or not, brooding over those places that are broken, brooding over the hurts, brooding over the discontent, because he's wanting his kingdom to come and his will to be established. The key to that happening is that you and I begin taking dominion. So I'm I'm not here this morning waving a big stick. I'm here this morning wanting to encourage you that the future is bright, that the future is amazing, that what God's calling us to is magnificent, that what God is calling us to is what the book says, that we go and we disciple nations. Well, right now, I'll tell you what, tell you the truth, nations a bit big for me but i sure got some uh, some ideas about the far north so i just want to encourage you you are called to be sa- part of something magnificent but it requires change that change can be very challenging it could be that God requires me to change some attitudes. Now, I don't think there'd be many attitudes that i have to change. You are not allowed to ask my wife about that. There are lots of things that need to change in me. It may require that my thinking has to change. It may be that some of the judgments that I've made that I thought are okay have to change. But it's only as we change repent that we are going to what did it say in Matthew 18 anybody remember phones out unless we change we cannot enter the kingdom of God father I just thank you that your plan is fantastic thank you God that we're not forgotten Thank you, God, that we're not just an aberration of something. I thank you that we are part of your everlasting plan. I thank you, God, that we're planted here with a mandate to make a difference. And God, I just pray for myself and for all of us that we would have the grace to change. Father, that we would have the courage to change. Father, that we can see your kingdom come and be established. Father, in our families. Father, in our neighbourhoods. Father, in the different aspects of our society. Lord, we, we thank you that you are our Father. And I thank you that you asked us to, to call on your name, that your will would be done here as it is done in heaven. Lord, that your will would be done here in my life, in our lives, as it is in heaven. So God, I just pray that, Father, beyond my words, Lord, what you want to be communicated this morning would be what sticks and stays with us. We thank you for your promises. God, I just pray that you would give us hearts that are able to um, grasp revelation that you want to bring about where we're going and what we're about. This morning, if you know that you're in the kingdom that isn't that kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy, I want to tell you that you can be part of that kingdom. It just requires a change. It requires a change from the way things are and you being the boss to allowing Jesus to come and have rulership in your life. If this morning you want to make that change and be part of the kingdom of God, Can I just ask you to raise your hand?